The 0-2. Left side, Swanson. To first. Central Time, Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. The Atlanta Braves have officially overcome all obstacles that were put in front of them. And they are world champions. Winning it in six and delivering Atlanta their second championship. There's a moment you just don't get tired listening to. The moment the Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Coming up during this episode of the My Second Act Podcast, we're going to focus on the Braves World Series Championship Parade through downtown and midtown Atlanta and up in Cobb County where the Braves play at Truist Park. Why was the parade clock, though, going as, as, as much as four times the normal speed of a parade? That conversation is coming up, plus my return this week. Hope that you'll join me to FM Radio in Atlanta for the first time in nearly two and a half years. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old. Put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act where we talk about things that you are already talking about with family and friends, conversations about current events and pop culture and music. Plus, endearing and sometimes revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Preston Thompson, PT, is the producer of the My Second Act podcast, and he is out this week serving politicians. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, but it's a busy week for people that work in politics, like PT, you know, the week following an election. He's down there stumping at the Capitol. As he's told us before on this podcast, it's a week when you either get hired or you get fired. True. I hope, no I, hope he's in, I hope he's in category A. All right. My name is Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. And I want to talk about the holidays. Um, all right. So we just got finished with Halloween. And I think for me as a parent, Halloween is always that moment when I start to kind of feel, I don't know, like reminiscent or kind of melancholy about my kids getting older because every Halloween we would get everybody dressed up and we usually dressed up like a family. You know, we kind of had a family theme. We've done, um, oh, I was the, um, what were you? Wendy. Oh, yes. From Peter, uh, Pan. Peter Pan. We've done peanut butter and jelly with Charlotte. And you were a banana because we just wanted you to be included. And we had a spare banana. Well, we just had a banana Halloween costume. Banana costume. <laughs> but, around it, the house but anyway, we used to do, <laughs> like, we would go down into the neighborhood and we'd have like a chili cook-off yeah. and all the kids would play together. Hot dogs and wings. And-, and I remember at the time thinking every time it would come around like, oh, so much trouble. Like, honestly, like. I was probably working at the time and coming home and trying to get your kids dressed and you got to pick them up early from school and Halloween starts so early. And then there's like all this food to get together. And now I just feel very melancholy because this Halloween, the girls went separate directions, um, one to a Halloween party and one to, you know, hang out with her boyfriend and they were doing something in their neighborhood. And I think it also has to do with your neighborhood. Like our, hide the candy corn. Okay. No, but anyway, <laughs> Why do you always have to take it to that level five minutes in? I'm I'm doing something endearing right. over here, right. trying to. But anyway, I I don't know. Like like our neighborhood, everybody's kind of grown up and a lot of like empty nesters. We do have some younger kids coming back in, but you, you weren't here on Halloween night for most of it. And it was me and Roscoe and Sally, the hound dogs, because as you said, the girls are gone. Will's, you know, Will's lived in Knoxville on his own for a year. I was here by myself. When the sun set, at least, and for the first 30 minutes or so, I turned off every light in the house. Okay, why? And I went into our bedroom, and I closed the doors, 
and I turned off the lights and I watched television. Okay, why? That that's like uh that's like we're we become that house on the hill. Yeah. We used to be the Robertson's house in my we neighborhood. We used to have to warn our kids while don't, trick or don't treating go there. about our house now. And I'm yeah. okay with it. Don't go to those people. I'm okay with it. We don't know what's going on there. Who are they? That's weird. Do they have kids? Why is it dark? All right. But anyway, so we're, cool with it, we're, we're launching into, so I, I didn't put up any of my little Halloween houses. Remember I used to put up my Halloween houses and I would always find like rogue Pokemon, like Pokemon characters in my Halloween houses. And again, at the time I got Max, I'm like, don't mess up my Halloween houses. So now we're coming to Thanksgiving and I've got to put up my turkey decorations and I'm going to do it this year. We're going to get up. We used to have that skeleton that scared the crap out of the FedEx guy that sat on the front porch in the rocking chair. But like, I'm going to do this for Christmas. I'm tired of make of every holiday now when your kids are grown, you're like, oh, like, do we really need to do this? Because I used to give my mother so much grief when I would come home from college at the University of Georgia and she would have like a tabletop Christmas tree. Because she would say, like, well, nobody's home. Nobody's enjoying it. Your dad doesn't want to put up a tree. <clears throat> so I'm kind of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay in it. And I'm going to be in it to win it. I'm going to hang these stockings like I do every year. And I'm just going to try to get some some holiday cheer going. What do you think, old Kenny? What do you think? Here at the house. Yeah. Would this be a good time to tell our Christmas tree story? The one that I gave to the neighbors? Yeah. Yep. I always wanted a tall tree because we have tall ceilings and we got a tall tree one year. And the problem it with was the t- tall and round. It had a lot of girth. That it. was the problem. Yeah, the, the girth. The problem with that is if you don't have double Dutch, not like a double Dutch, like that song, the double Dutch bus. But if you don't have double Dutch doors, mm-hmm. it's very hard to get, to get a girthy Christmas mm-hmm. tree in the house, especially with a man with no patience. Mm-hmm. So we got it in, didn't we? I think we got it halfway in. It didn't get all the way in the house. And I I just, I had enough. I had enough. And? Um, I I pulled it back out the front door. Not double Dutch doors, but through the single. Front door of our house. Front door with with, with glass panels. And I I drug it out on the porch and I I threw it like a javelin. Launched it. Into the front yard. I was even impressed in my anger at the strength that I had. And me and the kids were just standing there. And it was like a $200 Christmas it's more tree. Than that. It's more than that. And, and so the neighbors drive by about within 30 seconds of me launching this Christmas tree into our front yard like a javelin. And they pull into the cul-de-sac and they're like, hey. What's not, wrong? Not- <laughs> Seriously. Should we call defects? What's going uh, whatever, on? Whatever. Uh, you're giving up your Christmas tree, are you? I said, you can have it. And by God, they did. They, they strapped it to the top of their Chrysler and and then took it uh, two streets over and enjoyed it for the entire Christmas season. And you know why? Because a patient man lived right. there. A patient man took that tree off of our lawn, put it onto his car, took it off of his car, yep. got it into his. And didn't say a crossword. N- not a word. Anybody. Put it in the yep. stand, put the tree topper on, didn't wait four days to put the lights on. He was just happy, full of Christmas joy <laughs> and spirit. And you know what? He was happy because his wife was happy and his kids were happy. (laughs) Like everybody was just happy. All right. And he was happy that they were happy. The end. The end. So anyway, I encourage you, if you have littles and you're at that point where you're like, oh, it's so much trouble and it's a lot of work. Dig back in. Yeah. Because you know what? I keep saying it all the time, but it really goes quickly. So after two and a half years of... Really haven't 
zero responsibility every day. Occasionally, a carpool in the afternoon. That's not true. But You're right, okay. Donna. I, I just wanted to see how you would you would you would take that. What you would not do well. That okay, not well. I'm talking about myself. I, I know. <laughs> and in in two and a half years of not doing a whole lot, when it comes to you know working full time, I guess. I mean, you've been very vocal about that. I return. What you have been though, and it's okay. Vocal how? Just, I mean, just on the podcast. Picking, of course, at the fact that I, I nowhere near work a 40-hour week and have two and a half years. Oh, well, weeks. no, that's true. See? Yeah. Okay, okay so, yeah. Uh, that changes this week as I return to FM Radio in Atlanta. Uh, doing the afternoon ride with Cadillac Jack, kind of where it all began. Um, on the former Kix 101.5, and now 3 to 7 Eastern every afternoon on the Bear 92.5. So, so proud of excited you. Excited about that. Thank well, you. Well, okay, let's don't just stop there. Well, we're not. Listen, grab the app. If you are not in this area or you are far, far north of Atlanta, grab the app. You can listen using uh, uh, the Google Play app or or the Apple app, or you can listen using Apple CarPlay, the Alexa smart speaker. Just say, hey, Alexa, play the Bear 92.5. Basically, every container out there, 3 to 7 Eastern. Well, and here's the thing. There are probably a lot of people who listen to the podcast who maybe came upon the two of us. God bless those people and um, never knew you from your radio days. So even no matter where you live, um, we have people, we have listeners to the podcast in all 50 states. So wherever you live, you can listen now and you are a great, great radio jock. You are, you always have been. And I, and I posted something on um, Facebook this week and it is so true. I always told you when you were making the jump from afternoons to morning drive that I was happy, obviously. But I knew it was going to change our lives and your life. But um, you were a great afternoon jock. You were such a, you, and I don't mean this bad, but I mean, you were almost a better afternoon jock than you were a morning I jock. I would agree. I would and agree I, with And you. I don't mean that mean. No, no. Here, here's why. When you are doing it yourself, when you're doing it solo, how about that right there? That act right there that just happened to your left. That's why I was chuckling just a little bit. A cat just opened the door and walked right in by itself. Anyway. Um, when you're doing it by yourself and you're solo, you know where the finish line is or where you want to be the finish line. You know you have an end, an out, as an exit, as it's called, for every break that you do. When you're working with other people, even if you've worked with them for years and they're seasoned and they're very good at what they do, sometimes they want to bring something in to the conversation, which is fantastic and encouraged and was always appreciated. But if it hadn't been discussed in advance and that comment gets in the way up between me and the finish line, it can throw the entire break off. It's just a whole lot easier to do when you're solo. And very different. Podcasting or terrestrial radio, either. Uh, but very different. Than I'm going to shut the door that the cat just opened. But it's very different than what we do podcasting. Because in podcasting, we do go off on all these side trails. And I think it's going to be interesting for you after doing, not doing radio for two years, kind of reeling yourself in too because and a lot we've had a lot of people ask us like okay so what's going to happen to the podcast a handful of people but um tens, <laughs> tens of tens but it's tens not go, it's not going anywhere and no. we've talked about it you know you're going to be working for a country radio station a great country radio station the bear but that kind of allows your lane to be smaller because you don't have the same conversations you're going to talk about country music and all the things that you did for 26 years um but you're, you can't be dirty on there. I've told people. You're going to have to. Well, and that's why the pod, it's so important that we keep the podcast. 
and 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 it going away was never in play, whether with us or or even with the um, the owners of of the Bear ninety two five Chris Murray and the Georgia Radio Alliance who have been fantastic to work with and we've been we the, the conversations have been going on since about early summer we'll say, um, but the podcast allows me to have long form conversations that are uninterrupted most of the time, and um, to to be unfiltered and say things that you couldn't. You could not. You couldn't come anywhere near saying on FM radio. Well, you just can't get it in either because it's more time. So, right. in the long and the short, we're very, very, very kind. excited. I'm, I'm as well. I'm as well. Truly, very excited. Um, and lots more cool things to come. This is just the start. It's the first layer. Yeah, of many layers to come. So, uh, search for the Bear Nine Two Five. Anywhere that you get apps, you can download it for free, three to seven Eastern. Uh, and also, you can listen to the stream at thebear925.com. All right? The response and, and support has truly been overwhelming in the past, uh, you know, four or five days. I wanted to share just a piece of an email that I got from a pod peep named Melanie. Melanie lives in uh, the North Atlanta area. Oh, excuse me. And um, she reached out and she wrote, Caddy, I'm so happy to hear the news that you will be returning to the airways. Congrats, my friend. Since Kix fired you back in 2019, I haven't listened to that station since you left. I've only listened to y'all's podcast or Prime Country on Sirius XM. I even had the girls at work find a new country station to listen to because I couldn't stand to listen anymore. I now have a new terrestrial radio station that's country that I will be 100% loyal to solely because of you. I read the letter today and heard you read your tribute to Jovita on the podcast last week. It was beautiful, and you had me in tears. You are to me what Javita was to you. Listen to the personal story that uh, Melanie shares right here. I have listened to you since I was a little girl on the dreaded weekends when I had to go to my dad's. He would turn on crying, loving, or leaving while I was supposed to be going to sleep. But I'd stay up and listen to you. You made me laugh. You made me feel comforted during a time when I was the liaison between my mom and dad during their bitter divorce. I moved here from Augusta and was so scared of the big city of Atlanta. I faithfully listened to kicks every day on my way to work in Norcross. Then, when you were out after your heart attack, I was scared. I prayed for you and I prayed for your family every day. I couldn't do much as just your loyal listener, but I could pray. You see, Caddy, you are my Chick-fil-A because I don't eat Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey. You are a special person. And I'm so proud of you. Uh, so thankful for your second act with the lovely Miss Donna. You have both brought us such joy, particularly to my life, since the podcast came out. I love you both so much and will be forever thankful to you both. You both have helped me through some very dark times. Uh, good luck with the new show. I'll be listening. Melanie. So sweet. So sweet. I, I have been having a lot of conversations in the past few days with friends of mine that, that, that work in radio. Many I've not heard from in two and a half years. But that's okay. And the conversation a lot of times has been this. I think that as radio personalities, and I think that as radio station owners, and that's why this move to the Bayer 92.5 is so exciting. So many reasons why. One of them, though, is it's a locally owned radio company. And that's what they do radio. They do nothing else. And I think that we often, as personalities on the radio, 
or as radio station owners, we forget one thing, the most important thing. And that is the signal, the radio station, doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to the Georgia radio lines. It doesn't belong to iHeartRadio. It doesn't belong to Odyssey. It belongs to the public. And, 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 and people that live in the communities that we serve were truly charged by the FCC, the government, to serve. And I think that uh, that gets lost sometimes, making that personal connection with people. Um, talking about local news stories, things going on in your area, the area where we all live, as opposed to national shows that wouldn't know Milner, Georgia, from Sharpsburg, Georgia, from Powder Springs, Georgia. Yeah, and something she said really struck me. We're a little off track here, but I, this is kind of important to me. Like she said, you guys helped me through some dark times. I'm going to get emotional. But I think the the last two years that we've been doing the podcast, it's just been a really interesting moment in time, not just for for us, but for everyone. It's been a roller coaster ride, you know, certainly for us personally. Um, but I think even the people listening who, you know, are so kind to reach out and, and download and listen and, and, and do all that and support, you know, what we're doing, because I think it's just a big human experiment and we're all in it together. And it's like, you know, when we first started doing the podcast, everything was rolling along. And then just like everyone else, COVID came and yeah, three, just three months later. Yeah. And it, it just you know, I just remember there's so many times that I remember just driving to the studios and just not sure what was going to happen in the world, you know, and we had waivers that actually let us continue to come to the studio to record. To be on the road. That Appen was nice enough to give us, but. If if you got pulled over. Yeah, it's been we, a we ride. Was supposed to be home. It's been a ride and it's, it's been a ride for everyone. And And I hope everyone throughout when we've been doing the podcasting knows that. Listen, um, we talk a lot on this podcast about uh, sobriety, addiction, depression, mental health, parenting, marriage. It's it's an it's up and down. I always say to people, you know, life is including marriage and parenting is high highs and low lows. And there's just, you know, I think everybody's kind of experienced that through the last two years, and we have too along with it. So it's a little, it's, it's a, you know, everybody says always look for the bright spots. And for me, this is a really bright spot for you because the podcast has been fabulous for you. The concerts that we've done promoted have been fantastic, but at your core, you love radio too. And what I love about this opportunity is we don't have to sacrifice any of those other things that we love doing for you to do this opportunity. So very thankful, very proud of you. Very, very proud of you and can't wait to see what happens going to be fun we're going to we're going to have fun and i think that's the uh one of many things that the, the radio's missed and is missing and has for quite some time and that's just uh having fun in addition to making sure you always remember that we're we're, we're on the radio to to serve you the listener that's the way it's set up and has been forever a lot of people lose sight of that though so excited about that uh let's talk about the atlanta braves win the win the world series second second title first time in 26 years you decided to go with Olivia, our 18-year-old, who's a high school senior, to the parade, the the, the, the ticker tape parade that was 
parceled into two parts or two areas. Let's talk about that so people understand. It started in downtown. Started in downtown. Yeah. Right. Then it went through Midtown. Right. Past the Fox. And then the, the, the convoy, the parade, got on I-75, went northbound about 13 miles to Cobb County, Georgia, which is actually where they play. Braves, since they moved in 2017 from um, Turner Field, don't play in the city of Atlanta proper. They play in Cobb County. Um, about 13 miles north of uh, Midtown. So they get off uh, the Truist Park area, Battery part of uh, Cobb County. The parade continues there. And then there's a huge concert with Luda. Big boy. Big boy, Zach Brown showed up. He was the, the big surprise guest. People thought maybe it was going to be Jason Aldean. I would imagine he had a show booked Friday night. But um, You went to the downtown portion of the parade. Yes. So, because it, it, it was a long day. So, the... The downtown portion started at 12 noon and I knew I could get to that because I had to do some stuff, some work stuff in the afternoon. So I thought, okay, this is even going to be cutting it close. Little did I know, but I'm like, yeah, we'll go to it. And I texted you, we parked at the Lindbergh MARTA station. MARTA is our uh, transportation rail system here in Atlanta. And I, I got, we got on the train and there was like no pushing, no shoving. And I even texted you from the train and said, it's a little eerie down here. There's not, and we got on the train at 11 o'clock. Cause I was a little nervous. Like, you know, what's, how's this going to go down? So we got off at Lindbergh and um, Lindbergh empties out onto um, 10th street. And so we walked down and I mean, it was just, it was so joyous. People were so happy. People were, you know, they had extra signs. They were giving people signs to, you know, wave and all this stuff. And I went to the last world series parade because I've lived in Atlanta my entire life. And it was kind of like the players were on, um, fire trucks and it was more of a parade it was there were marching bands it was all this a kind lot of stuff it was on foot yeah so i was so excited like i just couldn't wait you know and um i don't want to be a wet blanket to this city because it's just to me it's just very funny like any kind of parade for a world series championship yes why not and it's in the middle of the day on a friday and everybody's a lot just, of the schools were out yeah, oh school was out feeling great and so olivia and i were there and it started and I even said to Olivia, she said, what time do you think it's going to get here? And I said, probably 1220, 1230, because, you know, we were down on 10th and it's starting kind of downtown. We were wrapped up and back on the train by 1237. That parade came flying warp, through. Warp speed. I mean, warp speed <laughs> to the point that like a lot of people said to me, did you get a lot of pictures or videos? And I'm like, no, because the ones I took were completely blurry. When I saw video footage of the parade from the downtown midtown portion part one of the parade Cobb County Truist Parks part two of the parade I thought that for for whatever reason like channel two chose to speed up the video when they aired it and I don't, no. I don't know why on earth they would do that but I'm thinking there's no way that that double-decker bus is moving that fast during the the Braves World Series championship parade and it was it, it was they like, were all you've seen trucking them. You've seen the memes. It's like Sandra Bullock from Speed or something. The funniest thing was they come flying by. And all I wanted was to see like Freddie Freeman. And I love his little son, Charlie. So I had built this up to epic proportions to Olivia. She's like, I can't wait to see this little kid, Charlie. I'm like, oh, I'm sure they're going to be holding the like. Whoa. His car came by. And the other thing was. He's in the back of the truck. Well, yeah. They were sitting kind of facing to the back. So you literally had to turn around and look at the sign that was posted on the car. And I'm like, you can hear me in my video. I'll have to get it to you. I'm like. I think that was Freddie Freeman. Like he came flying by and then Snicker came flying by. And then like, I thought 
like Sosar, I think, had his own car. But I thought all the Braves were going to have like their own car. Like Jacques was going to have a thing. Meanwhile, they're on top of a double-decker bus, and he's like throwing beads out like it's Mardi Gras. I mean, pearls, you know, because he wears his pearl necklace out like it's Mardi Gras. But I mean, that bus moves so fast, you couldn't even see it. So who I got the most interaction with, the two people, was Blooper, you know, the, the, little, mascot. the little mascot, who I told you, at some point, the Braves players were gone. Like, I mean, long gone. They were on 75, like near OK Cafe. And Blooper was still in front of me because something had happened to where he actually had, they had to slow it down. He ran out of dance moves. Like, he even gave up and just, like, sat down in his cooler. And he just looked so sad and, like, despondent. <laughs> and then the freeze came by, which is so ironic because the freeze is so fast. Yeah. He was doing the running man for a few minutes. And then he gave up. He's like, I don't even he know. He couldn't even keep up. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So fast. And then the best part of it all is everybody was like, who was your favorite person, your player you saw? I'm like, well, I didn't really see any of them because it went so fast. But I did see my old assistant, my old sales assistant from Kicks. Her husband works for Georgia Power. And there was bus after bus after bus of like sponsors, you know, Home yeah. Depot. Well and all Star, Delta. Yeah, all these people. And I hear this person, Donna, Donna. And I look up and it's Ashley, Ashley fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Ashley. Hey. And like when the bus went by, Libby goes, does she like, is she on the Braves? And I go, no, she's married to someone who. Works at George Power. It has a sign Used at the to be my stadium. Right it was there. the craziest thing. And I even texted you. I said, what did I say? I said, it said went kind of fast, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, listen, Montgomery Gentry sings Gone Like a Freight Train. Gone. gone like yesterday. It was gone. It's now going to be uh, Gone Like a Freight Train, Gone Like a Braves Parade. Seriously. It went by so fast. Like so fast. The parade was on speed. It went so fast. Listen to this. It's become such a controversy here in the city. The speed at which the Braves World Championship Parade went by. Like if you blink, you missed it. Um, that that they checked the sensors in the asphalt along the parade route in that area, specifically in the downtown area. Um, and turns out that the parade was moving at a speed as high as four times that of a usual parade speed. What? <laughs> Where were they going? All right. So the the sensors that were reviewed are located at 55 Trinity Avenue South and Peachtree Street, which is right there at Atlanta City Hall. All right, so they certainly have access to the sensors and the speeds. You know, the sensors buried in the asphalt. All right, so during uh, the day, that day, 12.15 specifically, Don, vehicle speeds at 55 Trinity Avenue South and Peachtree were recorded between 4.9 and 8.5 miles an hour. That is two to four times the usual parade speed of 2.5 miles an hour. There's a lot of like conspiracy theories going Braves on. Braves have said nothing. nothing. They, everybody's said nothing. asking. Everybody's asking. And the Braves are saying nothing. Okay. So a couple conspiracy theories, which I don't think are true. They said they were speeding through Atlanta because they don't really care about Gunfire. Atlanta. No, well, that was one. Uh-oh. One was the crime. Seriously. They were like, we're going to move fast. <laughs> I swear in case something happens, take bloopers wheels or something. Number two was that they, there were a lot of people who said it was so kind of, indicative i don't i'm not saying i agree with this this is like what people said it was indicative of just the braves moving out of atlanta the stadium that they kind of did this part of it just to appease the city but it was really like they just backhanded compliment yeah they just they were speeding through this the the true city of atlanta to to get get to to, Cobb county to their home truest part which is the battery 13 miles north of where they used to play because people did say once it got to the battery it felt more like a parade it was a celebration because they televised the entire day. I mean, 11 a.m. until 10 p.m. I know the Channel 2 here in Atlanta because that's what we watch. They were, they were live the entire day. Zach Klein, who was a sports director at Channel 2, 
is doing a hit from inside Truist Park. You got Luda on stage or something. He's talking between acts on Channel 2, and he says he was talking about the controversy, about the speed at which the parade traveled through downtown and midtown Atlanta. Zach Klein says, no one has ever gone that fast on Peachtree before. Never. I mean, <laughs> with our traffic, it was crazy. It's crazy. What did you think about the kids being out of school? Uh, I, I didn't like it. Why? I just, I, I. Don't be that guy. I'm that guy, though. Why? I'm that guy. And let me also say that I'm not, I think it's been so cool to read the, the tributes about the Braves World Series win and, and people talking about their dad, that they went to games with their yeah. dad and, and became a lifelong Braves fan, or they had that special uncle, you know, that, uh, that why, touched them. Why do you, you know, care that the kids were out? Take, huh? Okay. Why do you, stop. Why do you care that the kids are out? I just don't know that the, the World Series warranted a day off. It's just frolicking. And again, like the Christmas tree, section one. Like, why can't we just be happy? Let the kids be happy, Scrooge. You, you can't be happy. I thought it was great. I, I, I and thought the, I, let's do the parade on Saturday. Why are we going to do that on Friday? Because it'd be madness. It appears it already was. Well, I, I mean, I was just thankful to go. And you know what? Honestly, I said to Olivia afterwards, I go, did it seem a little fast? She's like, no, I thought it was great. So sometimes the things that you you know think are a problem, they're not. But it was very funny. Congratulations to the uh, Atlanta Braves. Let's do it again. Same time next year, maybe? Yeah, let's re-sign Freddie. But uh, maybe set the cruise control at 2.5 miles an hour. Who was it? Swansby, I guess, when the, the, the players were all speaking at Truist Park during the celebration portion following the parade uh, that uh, Dansby said, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but re-sign Freddie and yes. Mike drop. Yes. And the crowd was crazy, of course, because he, he's a free agent. And the Yankees won him, is my understanding. Ugh. Million dollar spaghetti. Uh, it's a twist on your average spaghetti dish. All right. Normally, spaghetti, and yours is fantastic, I'm sure. You boil some spaghetti noodles and you you, you throw your, your sauce and your brown beef and chuck combo in the crock pot, heat it up all day, and you got great spaghetti. Dinner Affair takes it to the next level, as they do with so many of their dishes and so many of their dinners, including million dollar spaghetti. It's brand new on the menu. A dinner fair, and it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a baked dish. There's an additional step to it. It's not tough. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's got a cream cheese mixture. It's got uh, some some marinara, some marinara pasta sauce, and some brown beef and chuck and mozzarella cheese. It was so good. And you know how like when you bake something and it's like it was like a spaghetti bake, but it gets kind of like. The cheese gets like crispy and crunchy on top and you're just like, and you want those edges. Like everybody wants the edge of like the really good spaghetti or like the hash brown casserole. That's what it was like. And these meals are great, like kind of fall winter meals because you just put them in the oven. We did some cornbread with it, some honey cornbread. It was so good. And these are just like comfort foods for these types of nights. And again, if you don't love cooking, if that's not your thing and you don't want to be taught how to cook from someone this is not what Dinner Affair is. Dinner Affair is a way to get back your time with your family. They're not going to put you through 10 different steps, require you to get ingredients that you don't have. Everything you need comes pre-chopped, pre-ready, in the bag, and you don't have to do anything, and you just put it in the oven. We literally put this in the oven, covered it up. The noodles came pre-cooked. Pre-cooked. And we cooked it for like 35, 40 minutes, and we were good to go. And these are the things like on a weekend, especially on a Sunday, you put on, you go watch the football game with your family, and then you're just ready to go. Because Sunday nights are tough when you have kids and you're trying to like locate book bags, PE clothes, uniforms. Set if, for the week. Oh my gosh, get set for the week. 
I, I mean, when my kids were little, Sundays were just always like, talk about Sunday scaries. It's like, oh, so make your life easier by having dinner ready for you. And, and, and you may, I doubt it, but you may have some leftovers as well. Unlikely, though, with a million-dollar spaghetti. Fifteen dinners are posted every month at dinneraffair.com. You go there, you pick the dinners that you want, the, the package that you want, whether you're feeding two people, four people, or six people. $30 off that first order when you use the promo code CADDY2021, C-A-D-D-Y, CADDY2021, at dinneraffair.com. That's dinneraffair.com. Free delivery. No contract. Dinner Affair ships nationwide. And a money-back guarantee. Dinneraffair.com. We appreciate their support of the My Second Act podcast, along with Gallery Furniture, hashtag Ask for the Wolfman, hashtag Ask for Donna, in Gainesville. Promotional consideration provided by the following. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, try new Pepto Liquicaps for fast relief and ultra coating. Promotional consideration also provided by the following. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. We are 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta at the App and Podcast Network in awesome Alpharetta. And we have lived in this area for uh, 18, 19 years now. And there's something special, truly special, about being in Alpharetta, Georgia during the holidays. And, and, And so we came up with this idea. We want you to come play a while and then stay a while while you're here. For the holidays, Alpharetta is a very convenient drive for many of the biggest listening pockets of the My Second Act podcast, Birmingham, Chattanooga, Nashville, Savannah, um, Tampa, Orlando. Come to awesome Alpharetta. Find a weekend on the calendar during this month or next month. And come stay a while and play a while. So much to offer. Make it a whole weekend getaway. Make a staycation out of it. You can stay at one of Alpharetta's 30 modern and upscale hotels to make it a getaway or a staycation. Two of the hotels in, in the Alpharetta area for Christmas are offering something. That I, have you ever heard of this before? I have never heard of this. And I, if my kids were still, I may still do this with our kids. I swear I'm <laughs> This is the most amazing thing. Okay. The hotel in Avalon and the Hilton Alpharetta Atlanta on Windward Parkway are offering, uh, they're hosting a tuck-in package. Tuck, T-U-C-K, tuck-in package. And that's where uh, Santa will come to your hotel room himself to tuck in the kids and deliver a bedtime snack. Imagine growing up, Donna, and getting that unique experience. I mean, I would be like, I would be like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> While you're here. I'm serious. Like, I want a trampoline. I want a horse. I want so much stuff. I want a lifetime pass to Disney World. Like when I was little, I just would have like, I would have had Santa's attention. I would be like, listen, while you're here, we need to chat. Sit down. This is amazing though. And I I have to say like, even us living in Alpharetta, we have done a couple of staycations at the hotel at Avalon and we live here. So yes, any of our pod cities that you're listening in, this is a great, great city to come visit. If you live in Smyrna, if you live in Swanee, if you live in any of these places, come see us in Alpharetta because I'm telling you, you will go and stay at one of these hotels and you feel like you had an amazing getaway because we have the best restaurants. We have the best shopping, so much to do. You'll go home and and, and it's not like you, you know, had to get on a plane or had to fuel up. Gas is so expensive. Don't worry you about it. Passport. You have to worry about that. So, um, 
you can stay at one of Alpharetta's 30 modern and upscale uh, hotels. And, and to do that, you can book your hotel room with just a click at any, uh, to stay at any of the 30 Alpharetta hotels at awesomealpharetta.com. Awesomealpharetta.com. Click on the book your room button to compare uh, rates at any of the hotels, all right, in the area. There are three very distinct areas of shopping here in the Alfred area, and they include Avalon, downtown, and, and North Point. And at Avalon, something that has truly become a uh, family tradition for so many families, ours included up here, is the annual um, lighting at Avalon. The lighting of Avalon and Avalon in ice the Sunday before Thanksgiving, November 21st. So it's coming up. Join us uh, at Avalon as they host annual tree lighting. Uh, they have the uh, the Rockefeller-inspired ice skating rink for the season. You can stroll the boulevard at Avalon with a hot cocoa. they got fire pits everywhere, roasting s'mores. It's just a great place to be, especially during the holidays. So come play a while and stay a while. AwesomeAlpharetta.com is where you can get details. Let's add two songs to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. Donna, we'll start with you. Ladies first. What you got? Ladies. Okay, and I'm adding a lady. I am adding Morgan Wade. And you told me you weren't very familiar with Morgan. I don't think I've ever heard of Morgan. Okay, so the song that I'm adding is called Wilder Days, and it's from her album Reckless. And just to tell you a little bit about Morgan Wade, she's kind of like, um people consider her like a baby um, Cheryl Crow. That's what people have kind of called her. She's got a great voice. And um, she basically, uh, she's from Virginia, but she kind of started, um, she went, this is kind of a crazy story. She went out on tour um, and recruited musicians, okay, through Craigslist. Not the best place right. to find people right. to travel right. with on a tour. Okay, so she um, named them the stepbrothers, okay, because she was out kind of touring with them. So they're like her stepbrothers. Now, the bad news is that this, and she she wrote, she started touring and started writing her album after she broke up with her boyfriend. So she got a lot going on. She finds these musicians on Craigslist. Okay, ready for this? During that tour, she became an alcoholic because of hanging out with these people. She developed an alcohol addiction from hanging out with this group of people that she had met on, on Craigslist. On Craigslist. I mean, is this could this story get any better? And then later, she got better, and she opened for Jason Isbell because I do not want Jason Isbell to think that he had anything to do with her becoming like a, a raging alcoholic when she was on tour with these people. But she's much better now, and um. Her the album is about like her sobriety, past relationships, everything she's gone through. And she just has an amazing sound to her. And all kidding aside about her story, because listen, we all have one. Everybody's got a story. But this is a really, really good album. And if you've kind of been looking for someone new to listen to, especially a female, um, download it. It's really, really good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, imagine do it like a backstory like that. Like Carrie Underwood does not have that backstory. No, she doesn't. No, no. Okay, what you got? Cadillac Jack. You like that? Hit it again. Cadillac Jack. I love it. Get down. Turn around. The Bear, 92.5. Cadillac Jack. Queen, we are the champions for the Atlanta Braves. What does that have to do with that little sounder? It doesn't. It's just a transition piece. You ready? Cadillac Jack. Get down. Boot and scoot and boogie. Queen, we're the champions for the Atlanta I Braves. love it. Two That's songs. what I thought they'd be blaring when the – that was another thing. They had all these <laughs> DJs. I've, I've got to digress. They had all these DJs in the back of trucks. But even they got bored because it wasn't continuous. Like, there were there were some buses rolling very fast, and then there were some things rolling slow. The fast-moving trolleys and double-decker buses, I bet, had the marquee 
Atlanta Braves players uh, on them. They did. Yeah. They were Everything the else were. had Blooper and Jimmy the DJ. They took the governors off those double-decker buses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they trucked up 75 through downtown midtown Atlanta. Love it. Queen, we are the champions. All right. Um, we are going to have time, Donna, for one of two conversations. I think that we table Keith Urban for the next episode. Okay. All right. Um, and let's talk about the, the, the second piece. Okay. The Keith Urban conversation that you're going to hear next episode is fascinating. Here quickly, here's what's, what's happening. Keith is on the cover of a new issue of Rolling Stone Australia. He is so open. This is the most open I have ever read or heard or seen Keith Urban be about his life and his career, particularly about his addiction, struggle with addiction, overcoming addiction, and, and working the program for over 15 years now. Yeah, I love it. I'm just going to leave you with this one little tease because um, I think this is important. You know, if you've ever been an alcoholic, alcoholic anonymous, you know, there's a there's a big Bible that everyone kind of uses, and it's called the big book. And he says, I love that the book starts out by saying, we realize we know only a little. He pauses, eyes wide. Wow, what an amazing statement. The opposite of so many other structures, which is so true because I think we all think we know everything. But I love the way he talks about that book and those meetings and the fact that you have to surrender. You hear about that a lot with addiction, but you have to surrender control. You have to surrender everything. And it was just a really great conversation. I love his openness. And I love the fact that like his addiction doesn't, doesn't define him. It doesn't define him. So it's going to be a great conversation. Next episode. Inside the curious mind of Keith Urban, one of the world's biggest music stars is the headline and a great picture of him on the cover. That conversation in the next episode of the My Second Act podcast. If you're listening on Upload Day, thank you for that. It is Tuesday, November the 9th. Tomorrow night, Wednesday, November 10th, the 55th uh, annual, the 55th annual Country Music Association Awards. Did that come out right? The 55th annual Country Music Association Awards or the awards of the Country Music Association. The CMAs is what they're called. Tomorrow night, ABC. Luke Bryan's going to host as a solo host. The first time the CMAs have had a solo host since Vince Gill did it by himself in 2003. We're going to have a bonus episode of the My Second Act podcast. It's going to hit your library. If you subscribe and follow this podcast already, it's going to auto-download into your library Saturday morning about the same time that the letter hits around 9-10. And we're going to break down the winners. And because we're so politically correct, we're going to point out the losers. Yes. The losers, not only of the categories, but just the losers in general. And, and who that, what they were, like crazy stuff they decided <laughs> to wear. Can, something I could never do on the radio. And like crazy the stuff. They, keeping the podcast as a component. Yeah. Like what did they wear? Yeah. What were they thinking? What are the high points? And we're going to point out the low points too. Like if you were off key and stuck, you're going to hear about it this Saturday morning. Wow. Okay. All right. In a bonus episode of the My Second Act podcast, at the uh, CMA Awards are uh, tomorrow night. If you're listening on upload date, Wednesday. November the uh, the 10th, as it is. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Ask for the Wolfman. This is the same business. Talking about the Braves a lot this episode. Um, the Braves launched and became America's team when they were seen in their infancy on the first Superstation, TBS, owned by Ted Turner, based here in Atlanta. Um, Ted would air all of the Braves games across America on Superstation, TBS. That is where the Wolfman and Donna, many people were first introduced to the Wolfman and Donna in gallery furniture with the cheesy, uh, by design, commercials. And Donna asked for Donna, would admit that if she were here with us right now. And you know that there were there people. They were simple. 
There were people who on like Halloween dressed up like her and her dad. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Like that's, that's how much of like the culture here in Atlanta, but also like, like you've said, if you, if you watched, you know, TBS back in the day, you saw these commercials, you know? And um, the thing that I love about them is were they cheesy? Yes. Were they simple? Yes. And there has not been that much that's changed. And I don't mean that in a negative way. They have great furniture. They have an incredible inventory. They have all of that. But what hasn't changed is just the simplicity of how they do business, you know, that they treat everyone kindly, that they know most of their customers by name, that they are just happy to see you and they want to work with you and, you know, they'll they deliver it for you. And it's just, it's kind of like walking back in time when you go in there to do business with them, but not again in a bad way, in a good way, because these are the kind of interactions that people want right now when you go out. Instead of walking into a big box retailer, walking around, trying to get someone's attention, like, hello, when you're done with those people, can you help me over here with my mattress? And they come over and you know what the first thing they're going to try to do is upsell you. Or that and then finance. Yeah. So don't you need this with it? No, I don't need that. I just told you, Donna's not going to do any of that. You tell her what you need. They're, they're going to do all of that, Donna, at the big box retailer. And then they're going to take your money and they're going to say, listen, because of the, the problems with the supply chain right now, it's going to be uh, Easter of next year until your furniture gets here. And then about a week before Easter, they're going to call. Well, Easter weekend, you got family coming into town. And that's why you purchase this sleeper or this new bedroom suit or whatever. Bad news. Uh, yeah. They're going to have nowhere to sleep. Your in-laws. Imagine that. What are you going to do? Yeah, because they're going to call you know days before Easter and say, listen, we're going to have to shift that delivery date again. You know, because of the supply chain problems. Now it's Thanksgiving 2022. When you shop at Gallery Furniture, you can load it up and take it home today. Today, you can have that sleeper. You can have that uh, new bedroom suit. Gallery Furniture, 1,600 Browns per drive. Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. What do you got? I didn't didn't mean to interrupt. Nothing. I'm just, I'm, I'm proud to be Donna's friend too, because I also want to say on a personal note that I thought she sent you the sweetest text last week. It was raining and she said, you know, when she lost her dad, she said, rainy days sometimes are tough. And I just want to check in with you yeah. and see how you're doing. And I know that um, you're saying, well, yeah, you know, you've known her forever and you went to high school and y'all are all friends. But I just want to say that's the kind of people that you should be doing business yeah. with in general. Nice, kind people. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Gallery Furniture Gainesville. The Astro World Music Festival was in Houston. Travis Scott, the rapper, a Houston native, was performing on stage Friday night. Eight people were killed. Twelve, as we record this episode of the My Second Act podcast, remain hospitalized. Over 300 were injured. I think that Travis Scott, I have no idea who he is. I would not know a Travis Scott song right now. I know he's a popular rapper. Well, we have he, a Travis Scott song on our playlist, but we're going to take it we, off. No, we are. I didn't know Yeah, that. we're going to take I it off. Um, he dates Kendall Jenner or is married to Kendall Jenner? Kylie. Kylie. What They're not married. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to draw the connection for people like myself that have no idea who he is. Although I don't know that the best connection would be tying him to a, a Jenner. Yeah, He's got blood on his hands, as does Live Nation, the largest concert promoter in America for negligence. 
both of them. Eight people were killed um, Friday night. People were trampled. I've seen video on the news and even on TikTok because the TikTok demo was at the Travis Scott concert at Astroworld. And there's video of people in the crowd, dozens of people in unison singing, stop the show, stop the show, because people were dying beside them, beneath them, being trampled to death, people going into cardiac arrest and dying at the show because it became the stampede with rapper Travis Scott. Yeah, I mean, this story just, um, it blew up. I I told you, I I was laying in bed last night and just went down a rabbit hole. As we've talked about a million times, TikTok's the great disruptor. You cannot hide from companies and people cannot hide from things that happen anymore because there there are real-time people just like during... BLM, just like during anything that happens, there are real time people during the Capitol riots, during anything that happens, there are people who are on the scene witnesses with iPhones. And this video that a lot of younger people took is just so disturbing on so many levels. For me personally, I've told you it is, it, this blows me away. I've told all of our kids, I've even told kids that work with me, you know, these things like, it is so scary to be in the middle of a mob, like a, a pit or anything, and not to be able to physically get to an exit. And I'll tell you, there's been a couple of times, like you and I have gone to a show, it's never going to end up like this because it was Kenny Chesney or something, but where you can't get out. Once you're in, you really can't get out. Um, but I have to believe that that wouldn't happen at a country show. Um, I'm not pinning it because it's a rap thing. Cause I'm not like one of those. I actually, oh, I hate to say this, but I, there's a couple of Travis Scott songs that I really liked, but not anymore. And I just think that there were so many people who climbed up on the stage. There is no way that this guy did not know what was going on. And furthermore, there was no reason for him not to stop the show to at least find out what the hell was going on. It's my understanding. There were a couple of times, two or three, maybe where he stopped performing for just a moment, would look into the crowd, either A, knew that there was a problem, but it was being handled by EMTs and medics because there there, there were ambulances trying to literally drive through the crowd to get to the front pit. Two or three times I've read that that he would stop the show for a moment. Um, It took, I've read, 48 minutes from the time the first person went down to the moment that Travis Scott called the concert and walked off stage and ended the concert was 48 minutes from first down to end of show. Well, and to kind of play, and I mean, I hate doing this because I I feel like there's just one way out on this story and it's not good, but to play devil's advocate, devil's advocate. I've had some people say to me that he may, aside from the ambulances, when, because there was a there was a kid on the ground that they were attending to, and there's some video footage of him standing up kind of on a riser still singing. And someone said, you know, at a concert that's that large, that there could have been, in his mind, if he didn't know what was going on, again, somebody maybe was just getting some medical attention. Here's the problem with that. That shows you the mentality of these types of shows that I have to believe, if that were Tim McGraw, if that were Jason Aldean, 
if that was Eric Church, who played at Mercedes-Benz, if there's someone laying on the ground, their first inclination is not like, maybe they're having a bad trip. I'll just keep singing. You know, medical attention will get to that. They would have been like, wait a minute, stop the show. Tim McGraw has stopped his show many times. You know, when he found it, when he thought a guy was not being nice to somebody, his date or something, that's the problem with these shows is that they're assuming every single person that walks those gates is ready to get high, ready to party, ready to be in a different plane. So maybe that person's just having a bad trip. I'm going to keep going. It's a mess. And here's the most disturbing thing for me. If it could get any crazier than Travis Scott, the most disturbing thing to me is that we have a generation of of people who there were kids and people laying on the ground and there were people who were trying to stop the ambulances from getting through because they didn't want to disrupt the concert or stopped it stop it and they were literally stepping over these people's bodies to get closer to the stage it looked like a lord of the flies or something where like Four people down, good. That gives me, you know, more more, uh, more space to get to the front. What are we creating? This world where there is no empathy or no one wants to get involved or it's not my problem. And I hate to sound like that old lady on the hill, but is it is it part and parcel to what I was just talking about? That those kids look over and they're like, hey, dude, maybe he's just, you know, having a little bit of a bad trip. He'll come back. You know. In our in our generation, like if we saw something like that, you're almost like shocked. Like, dude, is this person okay or whatever? Now it's just accepted. And I mean, he encouraged young kids to come to this show. Otherwise, it would have been 18 and older show. He has encouraged at every single show he has done to come in and rage. That's his thing. Rage and come as close as you want and go crazy and do all this stuff. I just, I, I think, you know, I'm trying so hard. I, we're trying so hard with our kids too. And my kids have pretty strong opinions on this. They were not happy about it at all. And I, I think you have to raise your kids to be like, there is nothing that can penetrate their values. Okay. There is no, there is no musician. There is no nothing. There is no drug. There is nothing that can penetrate their core values and ethics. And I believe in my soul that if there was somebody on the ground, all of my kids would reach down and pick them up. And if you don't believe that about your kids, then you got some work to do. And it doesn't mean they're perfect, but this is really a, a bigger issue than, I mean, obviously some, you know, there are a lot of kids that were stomped and, you know, were trampled and, and, and all, and people, they weren't just kids. But again, it, it is, like you said, it's Live Nation and it's Travis Scott. But how about if somebody maybe in that crowd had helped those kids out? Would it be a different outcome? You know, and to come to an event, music is supposed to like, you know, make you feel better, make you happy. And it's supposed to be an escape from your day-to-day problems and challenges you're having. And to think that there are parents who, some of those parents, I think of myself, like probably didn't even know they're, I mean, and nothing wrong with it, but these are, you know, they could be college kids. They, they didn't even know their kids were at that show. They can't find them the next day. What's going on? It's just somebody has got to stop this craziness. And he should be ashamed. Well said, as always. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act podcast from ABC's Good Morning America and Fox and Major League Baseball. 
Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson, PT, host of the Georgia Politics podcast. PT is also editor of The Letter. The Letter is our e-newsletter. A component to this podcast is a fun four-minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at 910 to subscribe text left on red. That is one big word. Red is the color, R-E-D, left on red to the number 22828 to subscribe now. Production assistance provided by Steve Mitchell and Ingold Studios in Atlanta. New episodes of the My Second Act podcast every Tuesday and Thursday. Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. We are proud to be part of the Appen Podcast Network.